We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Justin Reed, and you're listening to the official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. So what day is it, Kramer? Thursday? Thursday, Bink. Thursday. Thursday morning. Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone with you now. And good show lined up today. Trey Wingo, the eight o'clock hour. May have a special appearance in studio for a couple hours. We're talking NFL. We're gonna talk college football. We're gonna talk a lot of fun things around the Kansas City area. Good morning, Kramer. Good morning, Binkley. Man. AFC West. The most interesting division in the world for different reasons than before the season. It has now become much watch TV what's going on in this division. It is implosion. And you know what? Had the Chargers not made the playoffs, we'd be talking about Brandon Staley, possibly a new coach in Los Angeles, which I would still do in the first place. The Broncos, we all know that's a disaster. And Daniel Hackett was fired. And Russell Wilson, they still got that problem they have to deal with. But the Raiders, they didn't want to sit idly by. They said, hold my beer. And the Raiders essentially are imploding right in front of us as well, Kramer. This might be as bad as it gets with with, with the Raiders. Derek Carr, by the way. So he's, the moral of the story is he's benched now. He's, he's done. He's done as a Raider. Let's put it that way. He's not cut from the Raiders, but... They told him, you're not starting the next two weeks. And they mutually decided for him to not be around the team the next two weeks. Mutually decided not to be around the team because of distractions. Well, Kramer, this has become more of a distraction than that by telling him he can leave the team or not. He should have put his foot down and said, I'm not going anywhere. That's what he should have done. I think he's checked out. I think he's, I think, oh, he's checked out. I think he was checked out midseason once things looked like it wasn't even going to go the right way. Because we we know, like I mean, me, me watching every single Raiders game so far this year, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's not a good, not leads, a good look. Leads the, the NFL with fourteen interceptions. It's a big distraction of him not being there. Well, here's the thing, though, and I, I know they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, they're not officially eliminated, though. They're not officially eliminated. They will be, but it's not quote official yet. So there's hope for you, Kramer. I mean, it's not like they're going to win their final week of the season, anyways. They play the Chiefs. We'll get that in a second. So so Derek Carr, he mutually agreed. He should have put his foot down and said, I'm not going anywhere. He, he's the team leader, right? He's the captain of the ship. He's Mr. Raider. Not only that, the Raiders, remember last year, you know how we talked about these signing extensions yesterday with uh, Jim Irsay giving Frank Wright that, that extension, Kramer? This past year, going into the year, once they bring in a new co- coach in Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr signed a three-year, $121.5 million contract with the Raiders. $7,500,000 signing bonus, $65,277,519 guaranteed for an annual, annual salary of $40.5 million per year. If that's not the biggest waste of money or 
Hell, that's top 50 wasted money contracts in pro sports history. Throw Russell Wilson right in there, too. Two of the worst contracts that we've seen in the last couple of years in the NFL reside in this conference and their quarterbacks because the people thought they had the right guy to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Now the Chiefs are costing teams money because Derek Carr, they go out and get Devontae Adams. You know, they trade draft picks, bring in Devontae Adams. You pay Derek Carr, you guarantee $65.2 million. You talk about Derek Carr having it made now, right? Now he'll get some of that money, you know, they'll get some of that money recouped. I'm sure if he signs with our team or they trade, they'll pick up that the part of that signing bonus. But if he just says, hey, I'm done, which we saw Andrew Luck walk away from the game, Derek Carr, quote, had a mutual decision to walk away from the team. I It kind of looks like quitting, to be honest with you. It's how it looked like to me when I first heard of Derek Carr's walking away from the team. Because, he, again, he's Derek Carr. Put your foot down and say, no, I'm staying. You know, I'm staying there for Jarrett Stidham. Give him support. I want to be there for Devontae Adams, you know, my lifetime or my college teammate, my college friend, my NFL friend. I'm going to stay with them the last two games of the year. I think it's an incredibly bad look. I, I hate this look. It's it's just not good. It just it seems like the past three years, as like the, any time like the entire time the Raiders have been in Las Vegas, it doesn't seem like anything's been gone the right their way. And people are expecting Derek Carr to be the guy in Las Vegas, thinking that all right, he's the guy that's also going to help them possibly make it to the promised land at some point in time. But he never had a defense in his entire career, so at least I can see how the frustration of him going on. Like this is the year that he cried during a a press conference. So it's like that you could tell by this this year that everything's to the boiling point for Derek, and I don't think he should have been the guy that's like, all right, next two weeks I'm done. Like I'm not even going to show up to the thing. It's uh, I just don't want to be the guy that's going to be around the, this place if I'm knowing that I'm not going to be playing at all. But if I'm trying to win football games, if I'm that mentality of wanting to do that, you need to have Derek Carr on the field. It's not like Jared Stimson's going to be the guy that's going to come in and be like, all right, I'm going to win these final two regular season games because I, I don't see that happening whatsoever. Well, and the Chiefs do have to play – this debacle of teams in the NFC West in two straight weeks. Oh, the Chiefs are this. They, they, the Broncos are in disarray, and then the Raiders after that. that. That's the perfect teams to be playing that are in complete clown shows for the rest of the season. And that's it. That's why Cincinnati beating Buffalo is so important. Because the floor mat is laid out for the Kansas City Chiefs to be number one seed. It's just sitting right there. Just need one thing to happen. You need Cincinnati. Well, you need to win, but you need Cincinnati to beat Buffalo. Never thought we'd be rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals, Kramer, but here we are. I just think it's a bad look for the Raiders because that's a prideful organization. You know, they they made the playoffs last year you know, with an interim coach. Then they go out and spend all that money on Josh McDaniels. They they give Derek Carr this extension. You trade for uh, Devontae Adams. You bring in Chandler Jones. You know how it's going to work. Devontae Adams is probably going to want to lead too. I mean, that'd probably be next. But at least there's somewhat of a business decision that they made that was proper. I mean, if you're not playing Derek Carr – these final two games, and he possibly gets hurt, he still's owed $40 million due to him being hurt. So at least this is a good business decision for the Raiders because you can't even fire Josh McDaniels because you don't have the money. So at least they're at least saving some sort of money by not playing Derek Carr. But they are guaranteeing him he was guaranteed $65 million. Well, that's a, that's coming. That's still coming. But at least you know that the 40 other 40 of it's not going to be possibly guaranteed if he does get hurt. Yeah, it was forty a year. So it was one hundred twenty-one million dollars basically for the contract. It was sixty-five million guaranteed, a seven and a half million dollar signing bonus. This is where we're at. This is where we're at in the AFC West. So all this predictions going forward before the season. Oh, it's going to be the Raiders. Oh, it's going to be the Broncos. Oh, it's going to be the Chargers. The Chargers are the only team that has somewhat respect level in the AFC West because it's Justin Herbert. Nobody respects their head coach. They get a lot of injuries. I mean, there's some great players on that team, Derwin James, Bosa, you name it. But the bottom line is, this division, two of the teams that you thought had it figured out, the people in the national media thought had it figured out were, were Vegas and the Broncos because Vegas was the returning champion. I even thought that Vegas was getting the shaft a little bit because nobody's talking about them. Everybody was talking about the Chargers and the Raiders were the team that made the postseason last year and the Raiders bring in Devontae Adams. Like, how does this perpetually happen? Is it that much of are the Chiefs that much in these teams' head where they make all these moves and it doesn't work out well? Raiders are years away now. Like this just pushed them years away. Unless Tom Brady comes in to save the day, which is a hundred percent. Hey, wait, he wants to hear all the rumors about him wanting to play again, right? Yes. Who is his offensive coordinator most of the time in New England? Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Vegas, Sin City, Tom Brady. He's a bachelor now, so I want to see why not go to Las Vegas. Hell yeah. I mean, if you're Brady, this is where you'd go. 
play with your guy. Man, well, but still... again, if he goes out there, are you worried about it? I mean, the Chiefs spanked Tom Brady this year. I, I think Tom's washed. I think he's done. I think we've, the better years of Tom Brady has passed him, and I don't want him. To, I don't even want to think about him wearing silver and black. We, we've said that before, though, and he just keeps doing. But I'll, but the way that the, the Raiders before the season, I mean, they made all these lucrative type extensions: Max Crosby, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, bringing in Devonte Adams, and ex- extending Derek Carr. It's just they thought this was the team, and the only thing that they established was keeping Max Crosby there for the longest, but they didn't address anything else on the defensive side. I get it, put toys around your quarterback, weapons. I mean, we see that right now with how, I mean, Pat Mahomes can make anybody a weapon on offense, I feel like, but at least you know that he's always surrounded by someone that's Mr. Reliable, and that's what they tried to do with Derek Carr, but Derek Carr just didn't become reliable this season. It's been a while since I've seen him throw this many interceptions. But then again, 14, that's really not that much compared to what we've seen the past three, four years. I just don't know. I You think about Patrick Mahomes' effect on the football field, Kramer, and how important it is for the Chiefs and how good he is. And then you see all these teams when they go to the combine and when they're out scouting, they're scouting to beat Patrick Mahomes. You're putting pieces on your team to beat him. And they all want the next Patrick Mahomes, obviously. I mean, that's what they dream of, but it just doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't exist in the draft unless you get really lucky. Every couple of years it shows up where, you know, there's a franchise-type quarterback. I always wonder who's going to replace the generation before. Like, who's going to replace Aaron Rodgers? Who's going to replace Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, it, you know, that area? And we have the answer. It's Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. I mean, things like the Burrow, you know, things like this happen. I mean, it is cyclical, and there will be another crop of great quarterbacks that come in the NFL, just not now. Just not now. And I don't even think this upcoming quarterback draft's even a deep one. It's not that great when you got like Will Levis, you know, being mocked in the fifth or sixth Which is so pick. Weird. I mean, it's, yeah. He'll be in Kansas City, though, right? He'll be on the red carpet, hopefully. He's going to be all studded out. Hey, heck, he might even be uh, drafted to the Raiders. You never know. They're in the quarterback room now shopping to figure out who's going to be the next guy. And I, I mean, that is a kind <laughs> of exciting, I guess, to possibly see the the – the guy that might surpass Derek Carr and all of his records that he made for Las Vegas, knowing whether knowing or not knowing how long this next person's going to be. Why doesn't Mark Davis, who, let's, let's face it, as far as NFL owners are concerned, he's not one of the wealthiest or even close. No, it's not, not even close at all. But here's the thing. When you see these other franchises selling for what they're selling for and the value of franchises, the Raiders franchise is in Las Vegas. It is a great stadium, Allegiant. They're a proud franchise, one of the one of the top historical franchises in the National Football League. Does Mark Davis want to sit there with this chili bowl haircut and keep the Raiders? Just sell them. I mean, shouldn't they sell them? Wouldn't Jeff Bezos, the guy with the uh, the, the ship that goes or Amazon, that ship, that have a ship? He has something. He has a rocket ship. Yeah, maybe? it's like a, like a spaceship. Yeah, it looks like a. Looks like a penis. He's, he's the one that went to space, right? Yeah. I mean, that ship, I mean, it looks like a, you know, yeah, yeah, a yeah. rod. I, I, know but, what you mean. I know what you mean. But that guy, he wants to buy an NFL team, you know, reach out to him. Why aren't you selling? Here's the point. Yeah, it's cool to be an NFL owner, but when you're starting to worry about cash and going forward, you're in Las Vegas, man. You should be filling that place like the Vegas Knights. You should just be capitalizing on that city. Yeah. I mean, it's a Raiders in Sin City. You got all the guests, the, the visitors. You got the convention center. You got all the high rollers. I mean, why isn't that team good? I mean, the team hasn't been good since, what, when Gruden beat him in the Super Bowl? Literally, that's the last time when the Raiders were actually legitimately good was when he played his former team in the Super Bowl. So yeah. it's like I, Mark Davis will not sell the team because of his father, Al. Like, that's not going to happen. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think once Mark Davis is like, all right, I think I'm done with football, which is probably in the next 20 years. He would increase years. his money probably five times just by doing it. His, his net worth, he'd be probably sell. Well, his net worth's gone up every single year, which is good, but it's the point now since Las Vegas is in the situation, he already paid all his money. This, it's practically going to be all dead cap at some point. But it's... They're eating a lot of money now, which they shouldn't be paying people. Like I, you paid, you paid Gruden that ten-year, hundred million dollars. Now you get it. Now you pay uh, Josh McDaniels whatever the stupid amount of money is, and he can't even prove himself being a head coach, a legitimate head coach in the NFL. Like, what's going on with this money situation towards head coaches? I, I don't get it. I, I just look at this and I think this is a residual effect of number fifteen in Kansas City. Oh, it is. When you think, I mean, this is how lucky we got it here. Consistency. The Broncos and Raiders. 
have a handful of Super Bowl rings, man. They, they, they're winning organizations. And yet their fans are all freaking out and worried because it's a total dumpster fire in those cities right now. And there's the Chiefs, seven straight. They're consistent. Every NFL national media ought to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win the division next year. If not, they're stupid and have, have, should have their credentials looked at. Honestly. I mean, they're going to say the He's Chargers. Best head coach, best quarterback. I mean, they will say Chargers. But anybody that does that is an idiot, and there's a lot of them because they keep doing it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. If you're not going – if you play poker, you sit there and you go with the odds, right? I mean, you're going to fold the hand if you don't think you have the odds in it. You're going to stay in it if you think you have the odds. Right. The odds are the Chiefs are going to win the division. Yeah, there's a possibility Chargers win it. Okay. But Andy Reid owns this division. 7-3 and three in his last 10 against the Chargers. 9-1 and one against the Raiders. 14 straight against the Denver Broncos. That is 40-6 and six since 2015 complete. Get on me. I told you this should be Denver selling. Uh, actually, the whole division should send a uh, happy Father's Day to the Kansas City Chiefs. The whole division. I said yesterday, just the Broncos, they should all do it. Because the Chiefs are in their heads. And all they think about is, how do we beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? How do we beat that juggernaut in Kansas City? Because you know what? This team keeps changing. As I've mentioned before, only four guys on this Kansas City Chiefs roster were here before Patrick Mahomes. And two of them are specialists in Winchester and Butker. So then you just have two guys that are position players here before Mahomes. That is flipping a roster, man. That is 40. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Eight different guys. Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. That is 48 different guys, 48, 49 different guys um, since Patrick Mahomes got here. Isn't that insane? I mean, it, the it, Chiefs know how to build a roster. That's that's it, They do. No, but nobody gives them respect nationally for it, right? They say, look at Mahomes and stuff like this, and they downplay the Chiefs because they lost, you know, Tyree Kill, and look, didn't matter. Tyree Kill, who cares? This offense is better. Bottom line is, it's a new team. It's a different Chiefs team that won a Super Bowl. It's different all sorts of different factors, yet they're still good. Why? All these other teams are making changes by bringing in Devontae Adams and J.C. Jacksons and Cleo Max and things like that. It can't do anything. The Chiefs are bringing in Jarek McKinnon at league minimum for a little over a million dollars signed in June who could have gone and signed with anywhere. They brought him back, and he's killing it. Jarek McKinnon's having an insane year. Anyway, I digress. We'll get back to this, Kramer. This, I'm obviously on tilt uh, this morning. Uh, some college action KU football, Missouri basketball, different directions. Both of them entertaining yesterday. We'll get to that, plus the ratings of uh, Christmas Day with, with NFL and NBA. This is pretty shocking next. The home for Legend Bob. Legend Bob, he's an expert on rubbing balls. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Fesco in the morning. Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone with you the rest of the week. You ready for the Chiefs and Broncos? By the way, Kramer, back in August, they listed the top 32 uh, NFL owners in net worth. Green Bay Packers, obviously, because it's kind of a weird situation because they, you know, publicly traded company. Number 31. So the second poorest owner in the National Football League, Mark Davis. His net worth, $500 million. The Broncos sold last year for $4.65 million. They have three Super Bowls. The Raiders, just win, baby, have three Super Bowl wins as well. Play in a brand-new stadium, play in Las Vegas. The Raiders would sell for near that, which that would be a ninefold profit for Mark Davis. Nine times his net worth he could make just selling the waste management dumpster fire he owns. 
And if he waits a few more years, that will just only go up because everything's going up and owners want to be in the NFL now. Well, people want to be in the NFL to own a football team. I mean, if they're in the quitting, you're like Derek Carr walking away from the team, well, why not him? Yeah, this Mark Davis walks up, like grabs his laptop and is like, all right, I'm done. I'm just going like, to sell this team now. I mean, why not? I mean, That's not happening anytime soon, though. You don't think so? No. He'll stop going to P.F. Chang's before he does that. Is that his jam? That's his jam. Is it really? Oh, yeah. He loves P.F. Chang's. Huh. Kansas City is the uh, is, is listed as the fourth most here as far as richest owners. The Hunt family is what it goes down to. Even a little bit more than uh, than Kroenke and Jones as far as this list, list is concerned from Pro Football Network. But other things, Kramer, last night, you actually watched, and I'm glad you did, you actually watched the uh, Liberty Bowl. It was Kansas, Arkansas. There's a ton of Kansas fans at Beale Street. Did you ever see any of the – I was shocked. Did you ever see the video or anything of all the people downtown? I mean, they took over that town. I mean, it was impressive. And not only that, but a lot of them had to figure out how to get there because, the, you know, Southwest Airlines wasn't exactly flying anytime soon, soon, you know, not going anywhere for a while, right? And they weren't getting there, so people had to drive there. And all that money they spent on hotels, food, everything else, for a while it looked like a waste of money. I mean, it was 38 to 13 for a while. And keep this in mind, Arkansas threw an interception right at the end of the first half. Katie Jeffers throws a stupid pick right, right before halftime. Or it could have been an extended lead to 45 to 13, basically, at that point. There would have been 38 points there, but it essentially would have been 45 to 13 lead. Yeah, I, I watched the first quarter, and I uh, took a snooze after that, and then I woke back up, and it was like fourth quarter. I'm like, what the heck is going on with this KU football team? Why? How the heck did they come back? It's insane. It was, it was like watching the uh, Colts-Vikings game. Even the Vikings game was actually a more impressive comeback because it was 33 points. This was 25. But this is a bowl game. That's just a regular season game. But this is what happens in college football. That's why it's never over when it's over because college football is weird, and things happen, and emotions take over. And so you're thinking there, okay, Kansas, been a magical ride. Everybody's talking about it. you're filling up the stadium this year. Everybody's excited about Lance Leipold. You're spending your money. You're giving it to, to Kansas so they can rebuild the add-on to the stadium and do things. And all of a sudden you're down 30 to 13. You're like, what the hell? I mean, Arkansas is a middle-of-the-road SEC team. I mean, not even good. Missouri beat them. Their last two losses are Missouri and Kansas, which is interesting. I wonder how many teams can say their last two losses were against Missouri and Kansas. That's got to be few and far between. Well, I guess big eight days, who knows yeah, what big happened. Eight days. But, but if you're a team in your last two losses in Missouri and Kansas, the funny thing is about this game is it ended up being an incredible game. It goes to three overtimes. There's a couple things in this game that just defy logic. One, the worst play I have ever, and I watched so much college football, the worst play I think I've ever seen in college football in my life was ran by Arkansas. Everybody knew, everybody, Kansas had a timeout. Everybody in the building knew Kansas was going to onside kick. Right at the end, when Arkansas still had an eight-point lead, everybody knew they were going to onside kick, except for Arkansas. Except for Arkansas. They set up the, this kick return thing, and everybody was like going forward to set up blocks and stuff like that so that somebody else could come up and get the kick. That's the way they were doing it, like protect the front, and they were kind of sitting back. But nobody went for the football. Onside kicks are tough to get. That was the easiest onside kick in the history of the world, the history of mankind, for anybody to get when Kansas got that football because Arkansas didn't care. So she had never gotten to overtime. Arkansas just did it. Arkansas deserved to lose that game. They're idiots. I do like the coach, though, because he went to Pitt State, Sam Pittman. But other than that, that was, that was one of the worst coached games from the Arkansas standpoint, or you can say the Kansas defense because they were both crap. Bottom line is, though, how do you feel, Jayhawk fans? Because it's conflicted because you, know, you see Rob Brenton tweeting out and Alex Gold and Nick Schwartz, the KU guys. I was texting back and forth with them saying, how you feeling? Tell me your emotions. I said, I said, it doesn't look good. They're getting hammerjacked right now, but it is bowl games. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. But how you feeling? Oh, it's a successful season. Oh, it's good. You know, we're in the right direction. Okay, two of those Kansas wins look good now because Houston and Duke both won their bowl games. That look, those two wins look good. Early on, Kansas looked good. But the bottom line is, we ain't going by moral victories anymore. Because if, you if you're a Kansas fan who's lived on moral victories for the longest time, if they almost beat you, they considered it a win. We're past that now with Kansas, aren't we? 
You're past that. You would assume. The bottom line is, Jayhawk fans, I want to know how you're, you're feeling. 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. The reality is Kansas lost seven, seven of their last eight games. Like, how are you feeling? You're getting your checks. You're sending it to Kansas. Seven of their last eight games. I get it. There's progress. They're moving forward. I know they played Arkansas in overtime, but Arkansas sucks. I don't even, you know, be excited about that. You'd have had a stiffer competition playing Rockhurst. But seven of your last eight games, you lost. That is not exactly finishing down the stretch. That is getting on your knees and crawling down the stretch. That's a bad look, man. Losing seven of eight. How, I mean, you're feeling most Kansas fans I know are like, uh, yay, you're kind of one of those, you know, yay, yay, little Johnny, you know, let's go out to dinner. You know, kind of like moral victories, you know, it's fun. Things are going the right direction. No, your basketball team's good. Your football team still sucks. It does. And I think it's going the right direction. I think Lance Leipold's going the right way. But losing seven of your last eight games, that's ridiculous. Shouldn't have even been a bowl game with six wins. It's stupid NCAA football does 41 bowl games. They really had no business being in a bowl game. They didn't. It was a crappy football game yesterday. It was just bad. I was entertained by it. Oh, no, it, it was, was incredibly, incredibly entertaining. Especially when it got towards the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. Like I was like, okay, there's plays being made here. I like what's going on. But that onside kick. like None of that would have happened if Arkansas would have just recovered. Granted, I love kickers. You know that. Again, that, that's that was the a great play bounce. I've ever seen. Like nobody, like nobody even attempted to get the onside kick. Even the kick. people behind the, the front line didn't even try to go for it. So if we're going to sit here and say, well, yeah, they took Arkansas to overtime. It's an exciting game. Let me put it this way. Arkansas is stupid because guess what? That game shouldn't have gone to overtime. There's not a college football team in America that doesn't try to get an onside kick if you're, if you're covering up a lead except for Arkansas. That was honestly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in college football it happens in Kansas, but at the end of the day, they still lost the game. And then Arkansas even had stupid targeting against them. Oh, man, that was... I mean, it, just, it, it was just bad. It was a bad officiating game. It was a dumb coach game. But anyway, nice job. It was entertaining. Best bowl game of the season. By far, not even close. I was very entertained by Kansas and Arkansas. Not the first half of the game, but when the comeback started for Kansas. But I wonder how you feel. I mean, are you like, hey, excited? Because I do believe Lance Leipold's the right guy for the job because the guy's a winner. The guy racked up national titles at Wisconsin Whitewater. Did a great job at Buffalo. I think it's kind of the Chris Kleiman way, the kind of thing they need to do instead of going out and getting the has-been. Uh, that, that's a name. That's a has-been like they did in Les Miles and Charlie Weiss. Were poor decisions. They should have gone after Mike Leach when they had the chance. Yeah. RIP Mike Leach. But they were too afraid of everything that happened at Texas Tech. Well, you know what? Washington State wasn't. Mississippi State wasn't. And Mike Leach, really one of the best coaches we've ever seen in college football. Kansas had the shot, but wouldn't do it. But anyway, losing seven of your last out game. How you feeling? How are you feeling about your team? You going to go moral victory and get all excited and put in your key buttons that work? I mean, what are you doing? Anyway, we didn't get to the ratings thing. We'll do that stuff next, Kramer. Keep listening to Fesco in the morning. Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. Back to Fesco in the morning, Jay Binkley, Kramer, Sansone. Just to put a bow on that uh, Kansas loss to Arkansas. And I know I didn't even get to it, but because there were so many things to talk about in this game. I talked about this game forever. But the whole Jaden Daniels, you know, a little trick play and, and Bean throws the, the final play. Oh, terrible play. When Daniels was outstanding, Liberty Bowl record, he threw for 544 yards and five touchdowns. He, the guy's incredible. Oh, he's a stud. But, but I... they take the ball out of his hands. I understand what they're doing because they, they were empty in the playbook, man. When you get into the third overtime, you start running out of things to do. And you sit there and go, okay, you know, what do you do? Okay, this this will throw Arkansas off. And believe it or not, I understand what Kansas was thinking there. Because Arkansas was playing such stupid football that, yeah, there was a good chance that had, you, had they run this trick play right, that the Arkansas wouldn't have even seen anything. They would have bid on the play. I mean, that's what Kansas was hoping for to outsmart Arkansas. It didn't work. So, Yes, you don't want to take the ball out of Jaden Daniels' hands, but in the end, it is your quarterback that has played for you this year, and you're hoping that Arkansas bites on the play because they bid on everything else. Arkansas would have bought oceanfront property in Arizona last night if you tried to sell it to them because they were, they were stupid. And missed a wide-open receiver, too. I mean, you missed a wide-open player. Oh, to his left? Oh, yeah. In the end zone. It was, he had a better chance of running it in. That was a terrible throw. No, probably did. Probably did have a chance to, to, but Fairchild was wide open right there in the end zone and didn't hit him. So put the bow on that. Also, 
props to Missouri basketball. It even makes that KU, I mean, KU's wins look good anyway. It's the best team, in my opinion. You don't want to play them in the postseason, uh, KU basketball. But Missouri, think about that KU win over Missouri. I mean, he just hammered Jack Missouri. And all of a sudden, Missouri's out here. They've won two straight games against ranked opponents and destroyed them. Kobe Brown at Mizzou, just the third Division I player in the last 25 seasons with back-to-back 30-point games, both in wins versus ranked teams. The only player who's done it three straight games versus ranked teams, Steph Curry back in 2008. So props to Missouri basketball. That's good. But you know what? In Kansas, just completely destroyed Missouri down there. So didn't it make them look kind of good too, Kramer? Well, yeah, yeah. I, that that stud. Because they Missouri. rolled, they rolled Missouri, and then all of a sudden Missouri's out here, you know, beating Illinois and spanking Kentucky, you know, two ranked teams. And okay, yeah. So yeah, there was some there was some good college sports on last night. We put it that way. Yeah, Mizzou actually looks like a, a team. They they, sh- they look like they should be in the top uh, twenty five of the of the coaches in AP poll. I mean, ninety three to seventy one over Illinois, and eighty nine to seventy five over Kentucky. The last two games very Im- impressive. In that regards, um, I will I will say this though too. Back to the Derek Carr in Vegas thing because people were texting in about, and we talked about it yesterday. Kansas City's ownership of the Raiders, well they they own the Raiders anyway. I mean they beat them all the time, nine and one in the last ten. In Vegas, the last two times the Chiefs have been out there, and two years ago it was actually close, thirty five to thirty one. But you remember that game? It came down to the wire. Yeah, Abram uh, decided to to guard. And then twenty last year it was forty one to fourteen. Chiefs destroyed them in Vegas last year. Chiefs are averaging thirty eight points per game in Vegas. Raiders twenty two uh, and a half against the Chiefs in Las Vegas. Chiefs about scored them seventy six to forty nine. So that's the last opponent for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, going into the season. So that's going to be fun all in itself. Um, the ratings came out because I was kind of curious about these. Uh, the NFL and NBA were going at it, right? They're going head-to-head. It, Christmas Day is usually what you think about. Uh, it's an NBA day. That is kind of their day. The NFL will take any day over. They will plant their flag, and they will beat you in whatever you want. The NFL is the king as far as sports are concerned in this country. And don't tell me the NBA is uh, even on par. It's not even the same class as the NFL. And that's too bad because I do enjoy the NBA. But here are the viewership numbers from the Christmas games. The Packers-Dolphins. 25.92 million people watched that game. The Broncos and the Rams, two absolutely crappy teams, 22.57 million. Bucks and Cardinals, same same situation. Bad football team, 17.15 million. That's a lot of people watching bad teams, Kramer. Can you imagine if it was like Cowboys and Chiefs on like Christmas Day or something like this? Can you imagine if just two good teams mentioned that Bengals Chiefs game or Bills Chiefs game had been this weekend? It would have it would have it would have beat shattered the twenty five point nine million of the Packers Dolphins. Regardless, these are pretty good numbers. I don't think there'd be any type of million mark for the NBA if there was that game on. No, because everyone's going to be glued to that like one. Like four people would have watched it. Here's the here's what the NBA did that day: seventy sixers versus Knicks, four point oh four million. Lakers Mavericks, 4.33. Bucks Celtics, 6.03 million. Grizzlies Warriors, 4.7 million. Suns Nuggets, 2.49. So even the best of the NBA is 11 million less than even a bad game like the Bucks and Cardinals. I mean, it is it was what, 16 million less than two horrible teams. And let's ride Russell Wilson and the Rams. That just shows you what the NFL is to this country and how much they love it. You saw that I mean, the ratings were phenomenal Thanksgiving games. And that's what's going to happen. People are saying, well, I, you know, I get tired of watching Detroit all the time on Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter. It's tradition. You sit down, you have turkey, you grab a beer, and you watch the Detroit Lions. And then you turn around and watch the Cowboys later that afternoon. Then you get the floating game at night. It's a football day. Well, the NBA has had Christmas be their day. And all of a sudden, you know, every so often, NFL coincides with having football. And college football realizes this because they stayed away from the NFL. Like their big games are on the second. And they're doing the playoffs before you get to the first. On January, they're, they're smart. Usually that's the big day. But 
they're saying, okay, go ahead, NFL. We know you're going to take it over anyway. We know you are the NFL and you can do whatever the hell you want. What the NFL shows us here, they could take bad games and be completely awesome and shatter it. I mean, it makes sense why the Broncos wanted to get rid of Hackett after that game with 22.57 million people tuning in. That's uh, roughly, this is a quick estimate in my head, about 46.14 eyeballs that were actually watching that game. 46.14 million eyeballs, I should say. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, that's just a crappy, and I mean crappy football game that we had to sit through and watch on Christmas Day. So it's like, it's interesting. The NFL literally reigns supreme over anything. Anything. Well, I, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it defies logic. Well, it doesn't defy logic. You know you know how good the ratings are and how other sports can compete, but there's nothing that could touch the NFL right now. There's nothing that could touch the NFL. I mean, MLB was America's pastime. It's not, man. It's not even close. And I, I think they acknowledge that NFL is the king right now. Remember the longest time is like MLB is our pastime, right? Yeah, that's why it's called the pastime. That's uh, it's pastime. people the past. Like it's the the the, the past. That's the, how it is. It, but the, it's the problem. Baseball's too regional, Kramer. You know, people watch that stuff regionally. I mean, yeah, the numbers might be good in certain markets, but most people, if if the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, like pure baseball fans will care. Like most of America doesn't give a damn. They don't. Like I know you and I would watch, but. I don't think Carrington would. But if the Patriots are playing the Jets or the Patriots are playing the Giants, people care and they watch. Whether you live in Seattle, we live in San Francisco, whether you live in Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, Dallas, Texas, Kansas City, doesn't matter. You're watching the game. You're watching the Patriots versus the Jets or the Giants. Not a, It's not a great game, but you're watching it because you watch crap on Christmas Day. You watch re- very bad football teams and gave them good numbers. I mean, not the best, but I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, they destroyed the NBA. There was a lot of choices on TV Christmas Day. Yet people decided to watch things like the uh, Broncos and Rams. I was one of them. But that's baseball's problem, though, the regionalization. People just don't care. That's a sad part. But at least, I I mean, usually when there's like a marquee game, like say Red Sox and Yankees, I, I kind of want to, at times you want to see like what the market of Kansas City is because we are a market that consumes sports. Like we, that's our number one thing that we do here in Kansas City is eat great barbecue, and watch sports, any type of sports on TV, because I know that we will watch it. I mean, there's a reason why that's uh, where you are getting blessed with the the NFL draft coming up. And then a few years later, we're getting the World Cup here in Kansas City because we watch sports. I get it. But, man, Christmas. Kansas City's always one of the top markets. Even when the Olympics comes out, and they, they have the top markets. Kansas City's always there. They watch the Super Bowl. Kansas City watches everything. Kansas City loves sports. And for the texters that want us to talk all Chiefs and Royals and not the uh, local college teams, nah, sorry. We do. We are in Kansas City and there are local college teams here. So uh, we'll get back away from that. But it's like, can you name another sport where people really care about national games or other games? They're so locked into their team and they don't care. They, they Like baseball, you watch your team, you may catch a game in the division or something like that. If it's a really good game, you'll watch it. What about, what about soccer fans, like sporting fans? Are they sitting around watching Miami, Orlando? If that game's on like a Wednesday night or Thursday, are they watching the game? They watching Philadelphia and Montreal? Are MLS fans watching anything out of the purest? Again, take the purest out of this thing. I'm talking about the majority. Are the majority of people flipping on, you know, a Wednesday night, middle of Wednesday night and watching Columbus and uh, New England? I doubt MLS. I, no, I doubt the MLS, but I bet they're tuning into the Premier League. I wouldn't be shocked about that. Of I mean, course, the Premier League, but it's different. What I'm saying, in the NHL is this way, too, because I love the NHL. But I'm focused on one team, and I make sure I watch one team every night. Like, Fesco watches hockey a lot, too. He watches New Jersey Devils. That's his team. He watches them, like, every night. I've done that with the Blues. You know, you watch every game that they're at. So that means there's not as much time to go watch. It's like baseball. If you get the Royals every night, you don't have time to go watch, you know, Houston or Seattle or whatever you want. You can, but you still, it's hard to make time to watch a full game of one team and then another. NFL's a different deal, man. You watch your Chiefs, and then you watch whatever else they throw on TV. It doesn't matter. Like, it's the one major sport to capitalize everybody. And again, like these texters we have that said, well, they don't care because they're a Kansas State fan. They don't really care about us talking about Kansas or Missouri, and I'll blame them. But if we're talking K-State, guess what? You might be happy because they're in the Sugar Bowl, but Missouri and Kansas fans don't care either. They're tuned out. The one thing people usually agree on is, is the Chiefs and the Royals. But other than that, with college sports, like the NFL does remind me of, 
you know, localization in college athletics where you don't really care what they're saying about the other team. Like, there's a whole lot less care when Missouri went to the SEC as far as fans from the Big 12. Like, oh, they're leaving us. And Missouri fans the same way. You know, going to the SEC, which is a great move for them, they don't care about news about Kansas State or Kansas. It doesn't matter as much anymore. But I can't think of one sport. And there's not even anything close to garner people's attention from other markets that their team's not even playing and they still care. Because that's the NFL. It's, it's, a, it's a show. It's entertainment. It's like going to the movie. So watch the Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise. You just, doesn't matter where you're at, you're going to go watch it. And I think that's a really hard thing to do that they were able to capitalize. And I think also the gambling element. Oh, it's massive. The fantasy football element. Because people are asking fantasy football questions you never thought, you know, they cared about the NFL, but they care about their fantasy team. They know who players are. You know? Well, and also, speaking of the fantasy football element, I've I know a lot more people now that don't have an actual team in the NFL. They just worry about how their fantasy team goes because they just don't. They're just like, all right, yeah, no, I, I, I like to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like to watch Cincinnati Bengals. But, I mean, I, I'm more worried about what my fantasy team does because that's what I care about. I care about the players more than anything else. You know, Salvador Perez, it's a guy that probably could get the Hall of Fame. Silver Slugger winner. He's a World Series MVP. Think he could walk around Dallas and do whatever he want? Yeah, I do. I don't think people are going to run up to him and get over It's a World Series MVP. You think Mahomes could go anywhere and people would know who he was? Well, think, mean, but Aaron Judge would be noticed because he's so damn big. I feel like if you see Salvador Perez walking around Kansas City somewhere, you in would understand. In this city, Kramer, yeah. I'm saying Anything in Seattle else, no. or Denver, somewhere like that. No. Yeah, probably not, no. But you know, in NFL, because they do so many advertisements, you know who they are. Now, if it was Justin Verlander, on the other hand, I feel like you would like, hey, that's Justin Verlander. I remember Zach Greinke talking about that one. He was on back one of his stops. He had a free agent visit to San Francisco and was just walking around like nobody knew who he was, which I think he likes. But that just shows you baseball because nobody knows you know who they are. Well, you also got to think about this way. Patrick Mahomes, you, we see him constantly on the TVs no matter what, whether if it's you're tuning into ESPN, NFL Network, heck, even going on YouTube, you can find him easily there. But like, I feel like with the Salvador Perez comparison, you can't really do it that way because of how a small market the baseball team is because – we really don't know nationally level what the Kansas City Royals are even are. So, I mean, that's why you can't really compare Patrick Mahomes to Salvador Perez. you got to get a guy that's, like, up there in the upper echelon of Major League Baseball be like, all right, do you think you would recognize Mike Trout in the in the opening? And I say no. I don't think you even recognize Mike Trout. Maybe because his neck's so damn big. Well, true. He's got a wide neck. He he, <laughs> he does uh, does not skip neck day. If Justin Verlander and Derek Carr walk into a bar... I would, rec- I would recognize them. You easily. Would, but the average person... They recognize because Verlander, when he came to Kansas City, he used to go out to bars on the plaza all the time. No one, no one talked, no one bothered him because they didn't know who he was. But Justin Verlander, Derek Carr walk into a bar. How many people know who? Is it seventy percent Derek Carr? Throw Russell Wilson in there. Russell Wilson, Justin Verlander walk into a bar. I still think people... It's like 90% Russ. But we've seen a lot of Justin Verlander and also helps with his wife, Kate Upton, too, the, to understand like what's going on and that and with everything. So it's... I don't know. I feel like it's 50-50. I feel like people would know them both. I really do. Because Justin Verlander is a high marquee guy in Major League Baseball, and he has been since, what, 2004 is when his rookie year was, I believe, or 2005. So it's like... I feel like people would, would know who Justin Verlander is. And even if Russell... I mean, honestly, that'd be a wild combination of Justin Verlander and Russell Wilson together. That'd be, that'd be a weird combination, actually. That'd be a weird combination, but, it, you know. But there's certain guys like Judge or Stan. They're so big. Stan, people say he's the rock. <laughs> Probably. In the text line, uh, 816, I know a lot of baseball guys. I, I'm not talking. I mean, there are some people that are going to know. There's some people that are. But I'm talking the average fan, the average person, you know, that, that flips and watches, you know, sports and TVs occasionally but has other things to do. That person in name recognition, they don't because you watch regionally. You care more about that than other places, and I understand it. You care more because there's so many games. It's 162. You care more about the Royals are doing than what the Seattle Mariners. But guess what? You knew about Russell Wilson when he was in Seattle. You know Pete Carroll. You know about Geno Smith in the year that he's having. It's not a team that really affects you. You did play him last week, but it's not that big a deal, but you know who they are. And I guarantee you in all these cities, they know who Patrick Mahomes is. It's name recognition. In the NFL, absolutely. Here's 90% Russ, 80% Derek Carr when I said those guys and Justin Verlander walk into a bar. Who are you going to recognize? Coming up next, 
Uh, Adam Shine, who's uh, had a love-hate relationship with the Chiefs from NFL.com, uh, uh, ranked as nine most likely teams to be NFL champions, plus um, a nice little article about uh, NFL MVPs from the inside, for what front office people are saying next. This is Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Festival in the Morning. Jay Binkley, Kramer, Sansone, until the end of the week. You guys having a good day, Kramer? You know, I woke up with a smile on my face, so yeah. yeah you know, it's going to be, what, mid-60s today in Kansas City or something, lower 60s, mid-60s. What's going to be? It's going to be hot. It's like 60. I think it's going to be, like, yeah, mid-60s. Yeah, it's, which it's is, weird. Which, yeah, and remember how like, last week pipes are freezing? And yeah, so <laughs> They're not freezing anymore. Get this. So I was talking to uh, Mike Battaglia and or Gene Battaglia and Mike Danger from ESPN Rochester, just an hour outside of Buffalo, our sister station there. And one's going to join us tomorrow, Mike, is to talk about the Bills and the Bengals game, that great matchup. So I was going back and forth, and I was on WGAR right after this show. I want to—it's another sister station we have in Buffalo. Did that right after this show. You know the 101 inches of snow Buffalo's had this year so far to this point. We're not even in January. 101 inches, and that's what they say on the Joe Laurie say. I think he said um, it's it's about as much as Kansas City in the last seven years combined. Oh my! I wouldn't goodness. be able to. I I, I would wouldn't have guessed Kansas City's had a hundred inches of snow in the last seven years. It just doesn't seem like it, does it? Seems like we had a hundred hundred more inches of ice. It seems like I, I don't I don't think it snowed that much the past three, four, five years. Then we get the annoying snows, like the inch here and there. If you're gonna do it, just snow like three feet, man. I'll well, do like an inch here, inch there, because then you gotta wash your car. It's a joke. Yeah, no one likes it. But anyway, so they're in Rochester now. We're fifteen from Buffalo. And it's like, man, you guys getting killed like Buffalo in snow. They've had hardly 10 inches. An hour really? and 15. It's that lake effect snow. Good gosh. The difference between Buffalo and Rochester is about 90 inches of snow. That's insanity. Good thing we don't have like a, a river effect because we have the Missouri River and Kansas River that meet here. So it's like it's – luckily we don't have anything like that around here because that would suck. I mean, that's where I'd live. Hell, I'd commute to Buffalo for an hour a day if it meant that it wouldn't get 100 Oh, you'd be commuting more than an hour if you're driving into 100 and some inches of snow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the text line's having a good day. That's who's having a good day, Kramer. I have a love-hate relationship with the text line. Sometimes you don't know what the hell they're thinking, what they're doing. I mean, seriously. The text line has some bad days, really bad days. Today is not one of them. This is a good day for the text line. Uh, for the 816, like, we get so engulfed in this stuff that we assume other people know. I talk to friends, and they're like, dude, I have no idea who you're talking about. Exactly. Unless you're talking NFL. Uh, he's more about the bar. Um Somebody said, it's a popular, uh, he says, I partied with Jose Barrios down at Westport two years ago. Nobody knew who he was. That's awesome. No, but I can see it happening. Here's the thing. You remember remember Albert Bell? Yes. Yes. He's a damn good player. Oh, my gosh. He's yeah. an awesome player. I was in my early 20s or whatever, and I think it was Westport back then. I was sitting there drinking with him. We were talking ball. He was asking me good places around Kansas City. Nobody knew who the hell he was. Like, no, this is a, this is a really good Major League Baseball player. But a lot of the visiting teams, they come in, they do whatever they want because nobody knows who they are. He's a guy who would not want to get into a bar fight with. Good gosh. He's the nicest guy in the world. Oh, I know. I, mean, I, know. The, I mean, honestly, you have a reputation, but honestly, couldn't have been the, you know a nicer guy. I wasn't doing this or anything else. I wasn't the media or anything else. I had another job, but he was like a really nice guy. Here's another one for the 816. 90% Russ, 80% Derek Carr. 816, the question is, who would women recognize? I have no idea. Oh, the women would probably recognize all of them. Especially. I mean, Derek Carr, I don't know. I mean, I know that, that, that Justin Verlander's married to the hottest woman alive in Kate Upton. Yeah. She's easily recognizable. Again, do you think she's making as much money? She makes a lot of money. She makes, sure. uh, well, she, Giselle made more than Tom Brady, which is insane, but I don't think she's making I, what I, Verlander's I making. I bet she is. I would not be shocked. I bet I bet she is. Even though Verlander's got paid by the Mets, but still. Wait, wait, here's a guy with nine all-star appearances. Two World Series titles and can literally walk in to most places. He's got, you know, that beard. He throws a hat on, something like that. I don't think people know well, him. You recognize him more if he has a hat on. He goes Shiny Mission Park. We know one's going to know who the hell he is. I think you recognize baseball players more out in public if they have a baseball cap on. I don't think you do if uh, if they if don't. It's like, I think if it's off, you don't know who they are. But if it's on, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 that's who that is. Well, I, I, I'm curious, though, because, I mean, 
You don't know who he is. Like, if he goes and walks, let's say he's out in Shiny Mission Parkway and goes, like, quick trip or something else, he's filling up with gas, goes inside to pay for it. He's got three Cy Youngs. He's got an MVP, two World Series, nine All-Star games. That's a hell of an accomplished player. That's a hell of an accomplished player. It's a Hall of Famer. He Justin Verlander goes in, but you take a, a bad quarterback like Russell Wilson with one title, then two Super Bowls, he'd get recognized anywhere he went. Granted, he's been in the news a lot, but Derek Carr, I, I feel the same way. That's just because of how the national media or even any media likes to, I mean, NFL's king. That's the, I mean, literally, we saw the ratings. We we know what the ratings are. So it's like, th- that's the main reason why people recognize more NFL players than anywhere else. But, I mean, like, we'll recognize LeBron James if we see him out in public. Like, he's an easy guy to, to, to like, see. Heck, so, even sure, Jokic. Sure, I mean, there's certain guys that are outliers. You're going to know who LeBron is. Well, I mean, I think you probably recognize any NBA guy because if you see a person that's over six foot eight, and you're probably like, that dude no, has to play some sort of athlete. Basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, that or he's a tight end or he's uh, some guy on a defensive line somewhere or even offensive line. So it's like, yeah, you could tell by the height the differences of things. Were you ever here when the world's tallest man came in? No, no. He lives in, like, Topeka. How tall is he? I, I mean, it's, it's like eight foot, isn't it? Imagine getting tallest cl- American, imagine, tallest American, not the h- tallest in the world. Imagine having to buy clothes for that. I took a picture because he was got a picture with the. Uh, well, yeah, couldn't, he couldn't buy clothes for me. He had a special order, but he was here see, seeing Scott Parks and uh, and uh, Dana. But Dana, they, they got his picture with him. Had him in the studio, but he lives at Minneapolis. But anyway, he was like scraping. Here's a good one though. If you saw Santa Claus in public, but he wasn't wearing the red suit, would you know who he was? That's a good question because Wendy's has a great commercial. Have you seen that? Where a guy's yes. sitting there, he looks like Santa Claus, and the guy looks at his coworker, says, I'm going to go find out, and he goes and sits at his lap to see if it's Santa. Would you recognize Santa Claus if he were wearing a red suit? I think you would because it's kind of like how everybody – Whenever you see a guy with a, a, a kind of like a big belly with a, a white beard, white hair, you're gonna you're gonna assume that he's what's well, me saying it. You don't have. Well, I mean, it's 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 they, they, you, you don't way. have it's the white beard or well, I mean, I the hair. You throw a gray. wig on or something like that, maybe to help with the the, the whiteness of it. But cause, I mean, you don't have white hair whatsoever. You really don't. No, I don't. But uh, it, it is like you are you're aging perfectly, bud. Well, thank you, Kramer. You're welcome. Obviously, women don't see it that way, but um. Text line's on. That's that's a good one, text line. That's that's something to say. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Crame Dog, speaking of Hall of Famers, you going to re- recognize this guy, Terrell Owens? Look, who's not going to recognize Terrell Owens? You sent me this yesterday, and I, I saw the, you know, the buzz around on Twitter on it, but uh, this is from Bleacher Report. Terrell Owens contacted by Cowboys, more teams and more teams about comeback. Now, keep in mind, this is him contacting them, not them contacting him. That's a big difference. <laughs> like, if you want a job at some amazing company and you're calling them and emailing them and they say, well, I guess who I just talked to? I talked to Company X, they're like one of the best companies. Didn't Tyron Matthew difference. do that? Yeah, there's a big difference if, they're, if you're calling them or they're calling you. Big difference. I mean, he could just do what Tyron Matthew didn't just show up and just not leave until he got a contract. He's an amazing, he's in amazing shape. He's 49 years old. I work out at a gym with guys that are 70 and one's 82 that look amazing too. Doesn't mean you can you're an athlete anymore. You still hurt your back. I mean, they still walk slowly and stuff like that, but they can sure lift a hell of a lot of weights. But Terrell's still in shape. He put that video out last year, Tim running the 40. You don't ever know if it's, you know, factual or what or or different, but he played in that what semi-pro league for the Zappers last year. Yep. He was in that. But Owen's agent, Gregory D.L. Daniel, told uh, Aaron Wilson of SI.com that he contacted the Dallas Cowboys and other teams about trying to secure a workout for his client. Quote, we've been in constant communication with Jerry Jones' office over the last few days about the possibility of him returning to the Cowboys. Now, he carefully said Jerry Jones' office. Do you think he's talking to Jerry Jones that much? I know Jerry won Odell Beckham, but honestly, you're calling Jerry Jones office. You talking to Jerry Jones? I doubt it. I mean, it's T.O. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past him, him talking to Jerry Jones on a daily. He'd probably text him saying, hey, good win. Hey, uh, I, hey, if you ever need any help or anything like that, let me know. 
But I, what is this? The Dallas Cowboys is going to be the home for the, the retirement community for the wide receivers in the NFL or something? Like, wh- wh- who's next? Chad Ochocinco want to come out and kick for him for Brett Maher if he doesn't do much? He'd be the oldest player in the NFL. George Blanda was, is currently the oldest player in the NFL. Um, he was 48 years old. 48 years old when he left the game. Terrell Owens turns 49. Different positions. Last time Owens played, uh, 983 receiving yards at age 37. So he goes out with a very good year. At 37, he has 983 yards, which you would clearly take you know, from a wide receiver. And that was in 14 games, too, by the way, for the Bengals. Um, 49 years old. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. These guys you're playing against now are different guys. Different era. I mean, the, the, the era is just different now. Guys are faster, smaller, stronger. It doesn't matter. It could be bigger and faster. I mean, heck, look at Christian Watson, the receiver for the Green Bay Packers from North Dakota State. He's six foot four and runs a four three six. I don't know, Tio. Do you have you seen him shirtless? Have, have you seen the chiseled uh, he's abs? A, he's in a bit. Just because you're chiseled doesn't mean you're an athlete. He's what a few seconds. Uh, not even that. Maybe a few tenths of a second. I'm uh, slower than Tyreek Hill still. Like, Kramer, I mean, you he's can still walk quick. into any gym in the city, see chiseled bodies that probably couldn't even tie their shoes. But Bink, he played semi-pro football last year. Like he's still in good shape in order to play baseball. If he's doing that last year, and he's 49 years old. Like I, I can. Was I, he good or was he hired just to be a novelty a mascot? Well, he, ah, it's funny. Ha. Probably to put butts in seats is why they, course, they hired. Of him. course. But I, I, I would like to see To try to, and I mean try to attempt to play in National Football League right now. I, I would I would watch it. I would. Would he get any playing time? Because, I mean, what, T.Y. Hilton, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, who else am I missing on the on the on this Dallas Cowboys um, uh, wide receiver room? Like, I mean, they have weapons already. It's not like they would just need T.O. They're not, like, begging for oh, him to come Oh, don't mistake back. me. I want to see it. <laughs> There's no oh, question about it. It'd be fun to watch. It. It's a car wreck. It's a train wreck. You're going to watch it. Of course I want to see Terrell Owens play again. Just not with my team, but love to see him play for the Cowboys, but I, I just got a kick out of the, the wording of it. We've been in constant contact with Jerry Jones' office. Well, they calling you or are you calling them? Because if all of a sudden we found out Jerry Jones had called him a couple of times, that's a big, that's a much different story than we called Jerry Jones' office, Kramer. I'm telling you, it reminds me of how Tyron Matthew just showed up at the Saints' front office and just like, you know what, I'm just going to stay right in this room until I get, um, I get a contract here. That, that, that's exactly what happened. Now, last year, TMZ said back in August that uh, that he ran a, that Terrell ran a four point three eight second forty yard dash against another fan controlled. That's the league he was in, the fan controlled league that Terrell was playing in. Which honestly, Kramer is a step above playing for a, a really good fan uh, flag football team. Four three eight. You buying that? And also that <laughs> that forty was clocked by somebody with an iPhone. All right, there's, there's that, that, that slight delay. There is delays. no way in hell Terrell Owens at 49 years old runs 4.38. Well, if you think about it, if you're doing it, clocking it with, like, the, the iPhone thing, it would be quicker because, like, your reaction time of wanting to hit the button on the – well, it's not even a button. I wouldn't touch the screen for it. I mean, heck, it could have been quicker. <laughs> I mean, I would love to look like that. He's my age. Yeah, I'd love to look like Terrell Owens. But again, you know, I'm not calling an NFL office. It's know. not like he's getting, like, say if this does happen. Say it's like like somehow they like they, they reach a deal to get T.O. to go be the Cowboys. It's not like he's going to get 30 to 40 snaps a game on offense. He might just get, like, less than 10. It's like it's like how the Chiefs use Jody Fortson. That's how they would, uh, even though he's on the IR now, that's how they, they I would think probably Jody use Fortson him. over Troll Owens right now. 100%. Oh, no, I would too, but yeah. I'm just saying that's how they would use him in, yeah. down in Dallas of like, all right, we're just going to bring you in on the goal line type stuff, maybe get that that one to two yards, maybe get that first down. But I, that's the only way they would use him. They're not going to put him out there and have him like go 40 snaps on offense. That's just not going to happen. I mean, you see coaches that are retired for a while come back and start coaching. Much different deal. This is why, this is why like guys like Tom Brady, we talked about it yesterday. If he plays next year, he's going to be 46. You say, well, gosh, that's old. Honestly, that's pretty close to Terrell Owens, right? I mean, yeah, it's very really, close. It's really close. He is three years older. But he's been constantly playing. Like, Terrell's already in the Hall of Fame. Brady's been already playing. Yeah, but T.O.'s also not playing in the level of the NFL. He's still playing, though. Semi-pro. This is why, because once you leave, 
that's the hardest thing when these athletes leave, finding something that competitive spirit. A lot of them go out and hunt, fish, those kind of things. Just something to keep the competition level up. Because they do get bored and they are driven by competition. It's the only reason they're pros, because they live on competition. That's why, you know, pro athletes are so special in what they do because they're driven to be the best at what they do. I get it. It's like Gronk retiring at a young age, and then people say, well, is he coming out of retirement or not? Which he's already done before. Did you see how you tweet out that he's bored? Yeah, because you only yeah, exactly. So obviously Something's happening. offices Something's are interested. Happening. Something's but happening. I can understand with Gronk because he's much younger. But once you leave, make sure you want to leave before you leave. Because you have one time in life to do it. One time in life to do it, and Terrell Owens is trying to, I don't know, never give it up. Kind of like how Brett Favre kept on saying he's going to retire, come back, retire, come back, and now he's uh, stealing from the poor. He's the same way. It's like a heavyweight fighter. You just keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back. Coming up next, though, look at the NFL executive votes. Didn't get into that because Terrell Owens uh, captivated my attention. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the home of what we learned with Billy Coons. Legend Ball, he's an expert on the city of St. Louis, but he says the people are rude and hateful and they suck. Fridays at 9.50 on Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 